Hello, hockey fans and sports lovers. I'm your host, Austin Goodman, and this is the only show at Michigan State University that talks solely about the Detroit Red Wings. The name of my show is Octopi Hockey Town, and the Wings have once again occupied the town with their amazing youthful talent alongside those tenured veterans, all with the same goal of making the playoffs for the 23rd consecutive season. The 2014 Sochi Winter Olympic Games came to a close about a week and a half ago with Canada coming out on top with a gold medal over the Swedish Olympic hockey team. The Swedes had about six Red Wings that were truly playing. You know there was they they really put their hearts out into it and we love to see the finish but speaking of the finish they took bronze and the United States went home empty-handed. We'll talk about the United States' failure to take home a medal along with a little review of the individual Red Wings' performances from their respective teams throughout the medal rounds. I promise, guys, this will be the last time that we talk Olympic hockey because we will take a four-year break until the 2018 Winter Olympic Games, which are potentially going to be hosted in South Korea, but nobody really knows. It might be retracted. Anywho, although those Olympics are over, the Red Wings season is in full swing, and it is clearly time for Detroit to start flapping those wings and try and soar into the playoffs. They took victories against both Montreal and Ottawa on the road in their first games back on NHL ice. The Red Wings beat the Canadians in overtime, which has been a massive struggle struggle for especially Jimmy Howard, but Jimmy Howard and the Detroit Red Wings this entire season. Gustav Nyquist scored the game winner in overtime with 29 seconds left in the game. And then against the Senators, Alfredson's old team of 17 years, the mule went off as he has been known to do at the Canadian Tire Center, putting home three goals before the four-minute mark of the second period. We will talk about these two games, analyze the on-ice play, and then we'll move forward and look into the future of the week ahead. We'll talk about who has to step up and who is stepping up to fill the voided hole that Zetterberg has left in his absence. The trade deadline is tomorrow. Will the Red Wings join the fun? By 3 p.m., who knows? Towards the end of the show, we'll discuss the importance of Todd Bertuzzi and Johan Franzen staying consistent, both in leadership and in on-ice productivity. We will talk about all of this and so much more on this episode of Octopi Hockey Town. Alright guys, so as I said, I promise this will be the last time that we review the Sochi games where the Red Wings, you know, they they came out to play for their respective teams, but none of them really came out to uh, to impress anybody, I would say. You know, if Henrik Zetterberg would have stayed in the tournament, he probably would have been one of the top, you know, scoring leaders. He probably would have had the most points, you know, but probably, probably, probably doesn't add up to what actually happened. And what actually happened was Team USA. You know, they, they did not do well when it came towards the medal round games. You know, they got knocked down by Canada with a one to nothing loss. It was an extremely brutal loss when you think about it. You know, losing one to nothing to a team that you lost in the gold medal game to, not only does your confidence go away from, you know, the confidence doesn't just leave you from losing the game. It, it, it knocks the wind out of you because now not only can you not contend for a gold medal, but the best that you can get is bronze. You lost again to a team that beat you before. The confidence just really kicks you down, and you saw that firsthand with Team USA. The stage was just much too big for America to handle, and they didn't have what it took to beat Canada. 
and then again, they lost to Finland. They got waxed by Finland. And my reasoning, you know, of this confidence spiel that I'm giving everybody is the fact that that is exactly what it looked like on the ice. You know, these players could not get consistency, and, you know, it clearly showed. And when they went to go play Finland, they were so worn out by losing to Canada. You know, they were so distraught from losing to Canada, it actually truly affected their on-ice play against Finland. You know, Kane missed two penalty shots, whether it was mental or he just, you know, straight-up missed he wasn't there. He didn't come in the clutch, and Patrick Kane is known to be a clutch player. Quick was not making any saves, and Parise, you know, he wasn't playing well all tournament. His leadership, you know, he, he was more focused on his safety, I think, in Russia rather than actually focused on the on-ice play. The team couldn't catch a break, and I think I counted about six post-clangs that they hit off, you know, against that Finland team. They just did, could not get anything to go in their direction, you know. But quite frankly, I'm disappointed in the USA Olympic hockey team. They're a very, very depth-filled team. They could easily contend for gold year in and year out, and they just couldn't put it away this year. You know, I, I think somebody that really woke up obviously late in the medal rounds was Canada because Canada was not showing any offense, you know, before they got into the medal rounds and then somehow, you know, made their way to beat Sweden 3-1. to one. You know, in the in the gold medal game, they were known for good defense, but they weren't being able to back up goal scoring along with that. And when that came together, Sidney Crosby, Jonathan Tay steps up. You know, those are two big name players in the NHL that are stepping up in clutch moments for their Canadian team. Mike Babcock got a victory. That's a boost of confidence for him and Ken Holland, who is a part of the Canadian team. You know, I honestly think that the only players that really slacked towards that, you know, end, end run down there between Canada, Russia, the USA, Finland, Sweden, you know, all those five elite teams, Zach Parise, Patrick Kane, you know, as we were saying, and then TJ Oshie just couldn't find the score sheet. I mean, he's a very, very clutch player when you need him. You know, in my opinion, the end of the Olympics were a little bit, you know, flimsy. Sweden... Backstrom wasn't allowed to play because of a silly, you know, drug test that he failed, but it ended up being just, you know, over-the-counter painkillers, and that was a killer for Team Sweden against Canada. That's one of their—that was their top power play shooter, goal scorer, player, asset. He was a key component to the offense of Sweden. He's taken away from the team. Sweden loses. They lose their, they lose their confidence. It's three hours before the game. You can't fill that void so close to a game and I quite frankly think that Sweden kind of got screwed over in this one guys I mean Sweden really really did actually get screwed over with the loss of Nicholas Backstrom one of their their you know arguably their best player you know behind somebody like Daniel Alfredson you know those Canadian forwards really also benefited from that because, you know, who were they to defend? Those, you know, Crosby and Taze, they decided to actually score in the gold medal game so they weren't just mooching off of, you know, the Canadian defense anymore or off of, you know, their very stellar goaltending. They actually came out and they played, ex you know, extremely well. And I, I give it to Canada. They pulled it together at the right time. Mike Babcock is a very, very smart coach. He's great down the stretch. He's great in the clutch, and that's why Red Wings fans have really something to look forward to. And that brings me to my next segment, 
We're going to talk a little bit of a review of the first week back to the NHL since Sochi. And the week that came and went kind of quickly for the Red Wings was a very positive-looking one. I mean, Todd Bertuzzi and Johan Franzen were back in the lineup, and they helped the Red Wings tremendously in all areas of production and strength. The Mule and Burt are known players for brutality and a strong wrist shot, and we saw both of those from both of those players this week. On February 26th, the Red Wings took their travels to Montreal, Quebec, where they faced the Canadians, and they actually beat them in overtime, which has been a real killer this season for Jimmy Howard and the Red Wings. Jimmy Howard got the start in this game. You know, he came out. He was playing incredibly well in my eyes. You know, I thought, you know, he really was on top of his game. He was making a lot of big save, big saves against people like, you know, P.K. Subban, who could really hurt you in, you know, game time situations. But it was actually the Red Wings youngsters mixed with the Red Wings veterans that came out and really put this game away. Todd Bertuzzi had the first goal at 14-01. Um, you know, with a power play goal from Johan Franzen and Daniel Alvertson, both players that I have mentioned, you know, earlier in this podcast, those two players are really essential assets to this team. All three of those players are big name players. All of them have been in the league for a long time, you know, and they got the first goal and there wasn't another one scored after that until 29 seconds left in the game when Gianta got a backhand, you know, assisted by Breer and Markov because they really did set him up very beautifully right in front of the net to put it away you know 1931 into the period like I was saying 29 seconds left that is been the Red Wings biggest enemy all season are those late in the period games in the third period going into overtime and either losing in the overtime or losing in the shootout because we all know that the Red Wings have not been good this season in the shootout or in overtime Nyquist you know he really came in the clutch for the Red Wings, and he got his 15th goal in the season. He's one behind Henrik Zetterberg, and I think that's just awesome. It was assisted by the Mule again and Danny DeKaiser. You could really tell Johan Franzen was feeling good, you know, post-concussion, wasn't feeling any symptoms, and was getting back out there and trying to prove his spot, you know, this Red Wings team, it has a lot of forwards. Even with the loss of uh, Henrik Zetterberg, they do have a lot of forwards on that roster, a lot of places to fill. And the youngsters have really come out this season and proved their point. So Johan Franzen does have something to fight for, along with you know Todd Bertuzzi, who was a healthy scratch up until Henrik Zetterberg got injured. You know Both of these players were not in the lineup, like I said, and they have come back and they are on their way to pushing this team back up to the top. Uh, alongside that game-winning goal from Gustav Nyquist. That player has just been stellar this entire season. It's truly kind of impressive how well you know Nyquist has been playing this year. I'm really, really impressed with him. He has 27 points on the season. He's got 15 goals, 12 assists. He has a plus-7 rating. I mean, Henrik Zetterberg has 16 goals on the season. He's just a little bit better of an assister, and he's a little bit older, tenured, and the captain of the team. But Nyquist is filling in his role on that first line. You know, they actually moved him back to the fourth line, but I think they're going to put him back up on that first line because he's just such a sense of production, you know, up there with those big guys making smart plays, quick plays. I really love the future of Gustav Nyquist. You know, he was the first star of the game. Thomas Tatar was right behind him. He's getting four shots on net. He's hitting people. He's getting penalties. The penalties are a little bit, you know, 
those don't need to be coming, but he needs to be a little bit smarter. But hey, you know, the guy's young, but he's been playing in all, you know, he's been playing in 51 games this season. He's really put in his time and effort, and the only time he really missed was when he had to go serve time for himself, you know, when his father passed away earlier this season and still has 26 points and a plus six rating. I mean, the guy's the real deal, and he's a youngster still, you know. He's a rookie, and he's he, he's really got it this season, guys. Brian Gianta was the third, you know, star of the game. Only Montreal player to make the list, even though it's three. I still love to say that. Uh, he got one goal and six shots. It wasn't like, you know, Jimmy Howard wasn't getting tested. He went 19 for 20 with a .950 save percentage, and the only goal to come was that even-strength goal with 29 seconds left. Uh, Peter Budai, he put up a good game, too. I mean, the Red Wings were really peppering Peter Budai, uh, 28 for 30, .933 save percentage. He, you know, he let up two goals. He let up that last clutch goal in overtime. Um but, you know, that's a very, very positive look for the Red Wings because the Red Wings have not been able to pull it together at the end of games like that, you know, this entire season. And I think that gave them motivation going into the next night against Ottawa where they just blasted off and they won the game 6-1. to one. I mean, the Wings kept the wheel rolling from the night before and they went into Ottawa with nothing to lose. You know, I think that this might be the last time that Daniel Alfredson will ever pay a visit to the Canadian Tire Center. But, you know... He's had quite a career. He had 17 seasons, like I said, you know, in Ottawa. And now he's playing his last season potentially in the NHL with the Detroit Red Wings. I would say that's a pretty good end to your career. Albertson is on a one-year contract. And, you know, this might be the last time that he's ever going to step in that arena because it's the last road game that the Red Wings have against Ottawa this season. But, like I said, they made it a good one. And Johan Franzen, he got three goals down the stretch. Franzen is just so clutch. And this is why the Wings always decide to keep Johan Franzen when it comes to, comes to the trade deadline. Everybody's like, oh, yo, you know, go go trade Franzen away. Go trade one of your best clutch playoff time players away. And as we all know, the Red Wings have made 22 consecutive playoff appearances so when you have a playoff kind of player you need a player when you know pretty much that you're going to go into the playoffs but I don't want to get too cocky this year it's really up in the air the Eastern Conference I mean they're eighth right now but with Toronto and Montreal both losing and the Red Wings three games behind Toronto they can actually jump them by a point in the standings which would push them up to about fifth in the standings which is incredible because the Red Wings before were 10th when it came to the Winter Classic when they first played or it was the second game of the season that they had played Toronto you know they lost that game in the Winter Classic and it's still a heartbreaker I still rock the hat though I love that hat it's a great hat you know I wish it was positive memories from it but you know it's okay um but you know they're they're crawling back and the Red Wings are great on the stretch like I said and I don't see anybody sending away Johan Franz and so all those rumors should just go away because he is actually one of the best playoff players in the game you know he was the first star of this game against Ottawa on February 27th and the NHL's first star of the week according to NHL Network he had three goals and two assists in two games and he's just getting started folks when Johan Franzen's feeling it he really is feeling it you know Thomas Yurko this guy alongside Riley Sheehan and Thomas Tatar who got the other three goals of the game 
That's one line right there, folks. That's one line of youngsters that cap out at 24 years of age. And truly, to the core, that is incredible what these young players are doing. Each one of them had a goal in this game. The only goal scored from Ottawa was from Bobby Ryan, and that was exactly 30 seconds after the Mule put away his third goal of the game. And the hats flew from a couple of those Red Wings faithful that traveled to see the games or just live in Ottawa. So... Guys, I want to talk about this goaltending because, you know, it would look like from the score that the Red Wings just controlled the entire game, but, you know, Ottawa was getting a lot of chances. It was the goaltending as well from Detroit and Jonas Gustafsson who got the start, you know, behind Howard, get them both back on the ice, get their, you know, juices flowing. He went 37 to 38, took tons of shots, 0.974 percentage, 28 for 29 on even strength. You know, the goal that they scored was on even strength. He went straight for the power play, 7 for 7, and straight in the shootout, 2 for 2. It wasn't that Ottawa wasn't getting enough chances. It was that Gustafson was playing incredibly well and looked massive in the net. He has looked that way all season, guys. Currently, he has a .915 save percentage, a .001 behind starting goaltender Jimmy Howard, who has a .914 save percentage, and a 2.48 goals against average, which is, in fact, better than Howard. 2.60 goals against average. He's playing really well on the season. He has a current record of 14-4-3. That sounds like winning to me. Guys, Howard is only, you know, not only, he is 13-13-9. You know, the guy is not playing that well this season. He's 13-22 and 22 when you think about it, but, you know, you get those nine points right there and put that on your tally, and if they didn't have those points, you know, they wouldn't be able to make it as far as they have made it thus far. It's really close in that Eastern Conference run, and if you're getting a couple points out down here in this stretch with 22 games left, I mean, you know, that, that'll really put you behind. Ottawa goaltending, not so strong. Robin Leonard was pulled after 25 minutes and 4 seconds. You know, that's all he had to show, guys. He went 9 for 15, 8 for 13 on even strength, and 1 for 2 on the power play. He had a .6 save percentage, and I honestly think that's the, one of the worst save percentages I have seen from a goaltender all season long. Andrew Hammond made his NHL debut in place of Leonard and went 11 for 11 on the evening. So after Leonard was pulled, everything kind of you know mellowed out a little bit. But, you know, nonetheless, the Red Wings got that victory over Ottawa, and they played incredibly well, and hopefully they can carry that into the future of next week where they have four of their 22 remaining games that they will play. They will play on the road against the Devils, and then they will play at home against Colorado, and then at home again the following evening against the Devils, and then they will take it to the road for a matinee 12.30 p.m. game on Sunday against the New York Rangers. We'll talk all about that and a little bit of preview as to what I think the biggest components are of that, you know, talking about that later on in this podcast. But this will bring me to the next segment. And that is the question of who is going to need to step up in place of the captain, Hank. And I think the first person on your list has to be Gustav Nyquist with 15 goals already on this season. Like I said before, he's one behind Zetterberg in 10 less games 
Lenham as well. He's turning into a go-to guy for the Red Wings for clutch goal scoring and strong on-ice play. He's really been consistent on that first line. They even moved him to the fourth line to try to juice it up a little bit next to Yoga Manderson and get him riled up and fired up, try to get him scoring because, you know, in the AHL, he really was killing it. But, you know, now he needs to continue to score. If he continues to get this experience and improve at the exponential rate that he's improving at, he could be one of the best players in the league in the next couple of years, guys. And you guys can quote me saying that right here today in Octobuy Hockey Town, March 4, 2014, I am saying that Gustav Nyquist could be one of the best players in the NHL if he keeps exponentially growing at the rate that he is. And right behind him is Thomas Tatar, who can go for the same path with 14 goals, 26 points in the season, 51 games played, in fact. He's used to more than... You know, he's used for more than just goal scoring, guys. He is so strong on the puck, and his vision on the ice is simply just incredible. And I really love to watch Thomas Tatar and the way he stick handles, the way he finesses around people. He truly is a beautiful hockey player to watch. And no, that's not attractiveness, but he is a good-looking dude. But it is not attractiveness, guys. It is simply the fact that he is just an attractive hockey player to watch and dangle and snipe out on the ice. And I think third for filling in that void for Hank, you know, it's that veteran guy, Daniel Alfredson, that they brought in earlier in the season. He's, you know, 18th year in the NHL you know the guy has a lot of hockey knowledge and he has a lot of assists to back that up as well this season I mean he really is playing great he has 23 assists on the season 14 goals on top of that in 48 games you know 37 points a plus four only 10 penalty minutes he really is the real deal and he always has been throughout his entire season he you know he's coming off a great Olympic performance it'll probably be his last Olympics you know alongside Timu Solani who's also moving on from the Olympics you know those are two strong veterans right there more importantly to the Red Wings Daniel Alfredson you know to come out and play well post-Olympics stay on top of your workout routine stay on top of your health stay on top of your speed you know being able to keep up with these youngsters Daniel Alfredson probably struggles to keep up but he's an extremely hard-working individual and I really think that Daniel Alfredson will do a great justice in filling in the hole of Captain Henrik Zetterberg you know on the stretch of this season so guys I mean we are uh like I said, we're talking a lot of stuff today, and we're always talking a lot of stuff on Octobuy Hockey Town, and, you know, we're not even close to done here on this episode, and I love that, but, you know, I would like to talk about uh, next the importance of two key players and two players that I really love because I kind of play a similar style of hockey you know, close to Todd Bertuzzi and Johan Franz and two very similar players, especially, you know, the mule is really popping off right now, but Todd Bertuzzi alongside. I mean, both of these guys at this point are veterans and need to act like it. When they get on hot streaks, it lasts usually about, you know, 10, 15 games or so of solid productivity and strong on-ice play. And the mule especially has a tendency of hitting many posts in one single game and then falling off again until about the playoffs where he is a monster. Franzen was the NHL's first star of the week with three goals and two assists and two games played. He's five points and is playing exceptionally well right now. Todd Bertuzzi had the first goal coming out of the Olympic break, and I really love to see that because he's been a healthy scratch, you know, since the time of around the Winter Classic, a little bit post-Winter Classic, and he just hasn't been able to get back out on the ice and, you know, prove his point to stay on the team as a consistent player. But, you know, that goal was really big, and he is giving a lot of gritty time, and he's putting a lot of people into the 
boards and he's doing his job out there right now you know before he wasn't doing his job and he was getting punished for it and right now both Johan Franzen and Todd Bertuzzi are doing their job I'm ex- extremely excited for Johan Franzen you know really coming off that concussion it's hard to come off a concussion we all know you know how many players both in the NFL and in the NHL in the NHL, you know, even the MLS, you know, in the in the NBA, in the MLB, a bunch of people have, you know, taken a lot of concussion injuries, and it, it's really affected a lot of people's life post the sport that they've played, you know, and it, it, it's a scary thing when that happens. So I'm glad that Johan Franzen is having a good return, and, you know, I really expect him to keep it up because he really is a down-the-stretch player, and he's going to be a big important aspect in both goal scoring and keeping this Red Wings team in contention for that, you know, 23rd consistent playoff. And uh, th- that would just be so incredible if Johan Franz could come back and keep playing as well as he showed that he was playing in the past two games against Ottawa and against Montreal, getting assists and goals. I mean, that's incredible, and that's what you want to see out of one of your top forwards. You know, guys, speaking of top forwards, everybody is saying that we're going to, you know, that the Red Wings are going to go for a top-of-the-line forward and Ryan Kinsler, you know, Ryan Kessler, and, you know, they want to, they, they they were talking about, I don't even know, like, you know, trying to fill in these roles by shipping out people like Riley Sheehan and Thomas Yurko, who potentially could be two of those at their specific roles and positions within the NHL hockey style of game. They are extremely important assets for the Detroit Red Wings coming into the next decade of their tenure here in the NHL. Hopefully they can last that long, but if they can, they're going to be extremely helpful. You know, my personal pick is to try to go after a defenseman. The Wings need help on defense drastically, and Alexander Edler is a great defender out there out of Vancouver. And the Canucks are not doing that well this season, guys. John Tortorella has been a TMZ show in and of himself, I think, this season. You know, and Edler is really starting to get sick of that. And I think he wants, you know, a little bit of change of pace. There's been a couple of rumors of trading off, you know, Sheehan and Yurko for Edler and, you know, a, a draft pick, you know, kind of shysting out the Red Wings almost for Alexander Edler, who, in my opinion, you know, he'd be a great defender to have. But quite frankly, I mean, is he worth giving up two of your potentially best forwards coming, you know, in the next four or five years? I don't know if you want to do that. And if I was in Ken Holland's position, I don't think I would do that. They have plenty of AHL youthful defenders, you know. Adam Elmquist, he's already had a goal in the NHL. It came this season. He's been playing solid in the AHL all season long. They also got Ryan Sproyle, who they just sent back down to the AHL. They got Xavier Oled, Alexei Markchenko. I mean, all of these guys can be called up, and they can be playing solid for the defending squad. But clearly, the Red Wings are not too concerned about it. You know, they do have Kyle Quincy on that trading block. If they really need to use him to pick up somebody else, I mean, I would love to trade Kyle Quincy. He really isn't that great of a player in my eyes. He's, you know, 66 penalty minutes or something like that. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous what this guy is putting up this season. It's actually kind of pathetic. Yeah, I was right. 66 penalty minutes on the season, a minus six rating, nine points on the season in 60 games, three goals, six assists. Like, dude, come on. You're playing pathetic. It's literally pathetic hockey out there from Kyle Quincy. And quite frankly, the Red Wings don't need him. I think, you know, pulling up Xavier Olette and putting him in his spot or Alexei Marchenko. Marchenko's quick. He's strong. He can shoot, too. Kyle Quincy, he's so fumbling and, you know, he fumbles the puck in the neutral zone all day long right in front of the goaltender. Jimmy Howard, I mean, he coughs up millions of pucks right there. That's why he has a negative rating. I mean, 
gosh, I mean, he's just not playing well this season, guys, and I would be fine with shipping him off. But, you know, I don't know if Ken Holland's going to make any moves. He looked a little skeptical, you know, in multiple interviews talking about it, but that's Ken Holland. You never know. He could make it a crazy move. But, you know, he was also caught saying it isn't the old days, guys. You can't trade, you know, four draft picks for Brett Hole in the middle of the season anymore, like they, you know, or the beginning of the season for that matter. I mean, it's just, you know, absolutely ridiculous what you were able to do in the old style of managing an NHL team. But, you know, the managers are a little bit smarter nowadays, and everybody has come to hate the Detroit Red Wings in this 22 season stretch where they've made the playoffs all of these years. You know, speaking of all these years, Nicholas Lidstrom against Colorado on Thursday, his banner will be going up in the rafters. Number five will be permanently retired. The captain, the veteran, one of the best defensemen in the history of the NHL will be in the Red Wings rafters alongside people like Gordy Howe and Steve Eiserman. I mean, those two players right there, I mean, that's an incredible crowd to be amongst, and Nicholas Lidstrom definitely deserves that. Um, speaking about looking into that week, you know, coming up next week, I think that the Red Wings are really going to have a big week. And if they come out of this week alive, and by alive, I mean winning all those games and getting all those points that they can down the stretch here, they could really be in a great position, potentially fifth place in the Eastern Conference if nobody else jumps around. But, of course, it probably will. You can never really predict the standings until down the stretch. But, you know, the Red Wings are really putting up for contention. You know, I think the biggest components of the week ahead is winning games. I mean, especially divisional matchups, you know, especially, you know, in the – within conference matchups and you know the game against the avalanche is a huge inspirational night a special motivation because there will be so many old red wings there so many veterans of the league so many pure pure they made hockey history people like Gordy Howe people like Steve Eiserman, people like Sergei Fedorov, you know, Chris Chelios, Brett Hull, we can name them all forever. You know, there are so many Red Wings that have just been incredible throughout the years. They're all going to be there for that ceremony, and they're going to want to see the Red Wings' winged wheel take those victories right away from Colorado and from New Jersey. And then to finish the week, they're going to play against the New York Rangers, but, you know, Colorado and New Jersey both, we got them consecutively, you know, Colorado on Thursday, New Jersey on Friday. You know, scoring goals is going to be very very big against both of those teams Colorado is one of the best teams in the league the Devils are fighting for a spot and they're both playing exceptionally well the second player of the week is really uh he's right on New Jersey and he's you know scoring four goals and getting two assists so we should be afraid of him shouldn't we I mean uh you know coming out of that trade deadline with no massive changes wouldn't be really a surprise for me um again we're talking about the biggest components here on Octopi Hockey Town of this coming up week Holland really doesn't like to throw around his players that he develops and I don't think that he's going to for a player like Alexander Edler. If the Red Wings win their next three games though guys, they will be ahead of Toronto. They will jump in the standings and they'll be one point ahead of Toronto and you know, Toronto's having a little bit of a fundamental breakdown right now, losing last night. Montreal also lost last night to LA. I mean they're, they're, they can't be losing games on the stretch but hey, that's good for the Detroit Red Wings isn't it? Um, the Red Wings are currently 8th in the Eastern Conference with 68 points in 60 games played. They have 22 games left, guys, on the season. Anything can happen. The upcoming schedule looks a little bit like this. The Wings will take on the New Jersey Devils tonight at 7 p.m., and today is March 4th, 2014, guys. Save it in your calendar. Hopefully the New Jersey Devils will take a fall to the Detroit Red Wings. Shout-out to Anthony Serafino, a fellow Pactor that we got. He is the host of 
the hit radio show, In My Eyes, The Pact. We take, we debate all MSU and you know local sports. We got all Detroit Red Wings, Detroit Lions, Pistons, and Tigers, including all MSU sports. And we even talk about those rivals in Michigan sometimes. And we got the New Jersey Devils, the native Anthony Serafino. I'm sure he's going to have something to say about these two games that the Red Wings will face You know the Devils in this week. And, you know, let me tell you, I'm going to say it right now. I think the Red Wings are going to take both of these games against New Jersey. Yeah, Fino, I said it right here in Octopi Hockey Town. I think that the Red Wings are going to beat New Jersey twice, and I think we'll talk about it, you know, a couple times afterwards. And if they beat us, I'm sorry. You know, I'll take that blow. But I think that the Red Wings are going to take it over the New Jersey Devils. You know, both times we play them, you know, tonight, like I said, March 4th, and on Friday, March 7th, uh, the March 7th game will be at the Joe Louis Arena tonight there in New Jersey. On the 6th, which is Thursday at 8 p.m. versus the Colorado Avalanche. It will be the Nick Lidstrom banner-raising ceremony for the Red Wings' future Hall of Famer, Nicholas Lidstrom, number 5. The jer- the jersey will forever hang in those rafters at the Joe Louis Arena. And, you know, they're going to move them over to the new one when they break it down and build it up right next to all those big old stadiums in the city of Detroit, next to the Detroit Lions Ford Field and the Detroit Tigers Comerica Park. What will they name it? Who will they call it? Who knows? But I will tell you something. Nicholas Lidstrom's banner will be up in the rafters, and that's a beautiful thing to see, guys. We'll finish off the week, March 9th, Sunday, Manet game at New York Rangers at the 12.30 p.m. Dine slot, nationally broadcasted game. You know, I don't really know if I like those announcers. Shout out to Ken Daniels. Jamie Daniels is a part of my fraternity. I love the way that Kenny announces the games. You know, for the Detroit Red Wings, it it sucks to not be able to hear him, especially in the playoffs when you want to be able to hear Kenny D and his opinion on uh, on the Stanley Cup games. But, you know, we've only been there four times in the past 11 years. It's no big deal, guys. You know, we're just talking so much stuff today, guys, and I think that is going to wrap it up, honestly. Um, you know, like I was saying, you know, in a couple minutes, I want to wrap it up, but I do want to say one more thing. I'm sorry. I, th- I don't want to, you know, excite anybody. The show's not over yet, but I hope you're enjoying yourself, you know, listening to Octopi Hockey Town here. I think that the Red Wings this week are going to make a statement. They're going to beat New Jersey. They're going to beat Colorado. They're going to beat New Jersey again, and they're going to go into New York, and they're going to take those Rangers down as well, and they're going to win all four games, and they're going to pull out, you know, they're going to pull a lot of points out of this week, and I think that this is going to be the statement. This is going to prove it all worth it for the Detroit Red Wings. You know, all the struggles that they have, they've had with injuries all season. I really think that this week is going to be a clutch game. I think they're going to win tonight. You know, let's I, I, let's call scores out. I think it's going to be four to two against New Jersey Devils. I think the next night they're going to put up about four goals to, to you know, it's going to be a closer game. It'll be four to three potentially an overtime game against Colorado and then New Jersey again. I think we'll take them down again there. You know, with a score of three to one, I'll give them that. Um, you know, only scoring three opposed to the. Four in the first game, uh, but you know they're going to score one last goal. This is all just my mind here, guys. And then Sunday against New York, you know that's kind of a toss-up. Sometimes you never know with Henrik Lundqvist. I'm thinking a two-to-nothing game. Um, I don't think that anybody is going to let up a goal against those Rangers. And you know I think that the Red Wings have what it takes to really prove a statement this week, guys. But that's all we had to talk about here in Octobuy Hockey Town. And from the week past and the week ahead, we've talked about Burt, we've talked about the Mule, we've talked about the youth, and we've talked about the trade deadlines. So I think it's time to wrap it up. 
thank you so much for tuning in to Octopi Hockey Town today. We will come back to you guys again next week after four more games. Like I said, we'll be in the books, and 18 games will remain on the season. I am Austin Goodman, forever your host here on Octopi Hockey Town. We're coming to you from Michigan State University here at Impact Radio, WDVM East Lansing, 88.9 FM. You can check us out, as you already probably have, if you're listening to this podcast at www.impact89fm.org sports. Guys, thank you so much, and have a great week. And let me say, let's go Red Wings. See you guys later.